Hello. Hello, Robbie Rapol. How are you Hello. doing today? I'm well, how are you? Fantastic. How is your audio? Oh, I can hear you fine. Can you hear me well? Yeah, there was a breakup a minute ago, but uh, I think uh, I think it's fine now. It seems I'm no no robot sounds. You know what I mean? Doesn't yeah, sound like you're pop locking. Good. Candy Good. says thumbs up. Let's do it. Hey oh, everybody, <laughs> welcome to your favorite podcast. If you're a trucker, at least I know there's nothing to look at. Straight to the point, completely off topic. You know, I've been thinking, I've been trying to write this theme song. Will you work with me on this? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, okay. This is the theme. See, I'm already fucking up. This is the opening theme. Man, see, I can't, I can't, I just, when I'm in the shower, dude, this this flows so, so, so easily. The, it doesn't even need preparation. It doesn't need practice. It's just beautiful. I'm washing my armpits. And it comes out, no problem. And then I get on the show. Performance and then anxiety. And then she disappears. And then she performance anxiety is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, like, all right. give your Moving muse on. space to come to come back in the moment when you need her most. <laughs> uh, this is the theme to Kyle's show. The opening theme to Kyle's show. Jesse called me up and said, your, your show should have a theme song. We're yes. almost halfway finished. How do you like it so far? This is the theme to the straight to the point, completely off topic show with your host, Kyle Dunbar. And with my special, my very special guest. Thanks for helping me get through that, Robbie. Yo. Robbie Ripple. Dude, uh, I know we talked about it last time I was on the show, but it's always so nice when somebody has my last name proper. So, uh, you know, that's fun. Um, but hey, hi, hi. What? Why? How is it? How is it improper? Ripple. Robbie Ripple. fucker. No, well, that's that that's proper. Um, but Ripple is how most people pronounce it. So <laughs> I uh, I end up not correcting people and then Donna will correct them. So that's always funny when I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm Robbie Ripple. And she's like, no, it's Ripple. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying yeah. to, they don't know you, how to you do try well, either way, one one way, if anybody remembers, then you're part of um, what the fuck song is Sanford and Son, right? His favorite drink was Ripple. Oh, Ripple. Yeah, Ripple. He was going to go down the store and get some Ripple. He would, yeah. he would drink some Ripple. Drink I don't some know what Ripple beer. was, but. I think it was so wine. Maybe, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Maybe you're yeah. like an intoxicating drug Ooh. For, for old junk men to drink. <laughs> I like that. Um, so <laughs> I I have to tell you at the beginning uh, of this, I think I have like an hour and a half. I know you and I can get completely. We can get well long winded. <laughs> That's oh. fine, brother. That's almost perfect. <laughs> Sometimes it's better because we just got to get straight to the point. You know, I mean, just I'm no fucking it. around. I'm with but it. Really, I've had you on because and, and I'm going to profess this from the start so that you can understand. I'm, I have an intention to be a bit of a devil's advocate here. I'm here uh, for you. We got a, a mutual friend of sorts, um, and I believe you've been harmed by him. And I only recently find out that others have been harmed, and in in a fashion that seems very into it. Just just it's the way tattooing goes, kind of. I'm not saying that makes it right or wrong, but okay. many people lose their shop. So my my biggest complaint against I'm going to say the kid's name. 
and I want to give him a platform too. So I, I apologize that he's not on it, but he, he hasn't wanted to necessarily uh, be a part of this just yet of my podcast where he would defend himself. And I would hopefully play the same devil's advocate, but Hey, I hear this. So right. our friend Josh Wiley was kind of screwed over by Matt Clemmer a long time back in yeah. Josh Wiley's terms. He moved yeah. in and he kind of, took everybody under his wing and kind of gave everybody guidance. And then at one point, uh, Josh was just no longer in the picture and, and he started his own shop based off of Josh's guys, which yeah. honestly for, for it, it, I feel one way about it. Whereas I've lost artists, <laughs> a whole shop before, right before going yep. on ink master. Um, and he even fired some people out of anger even just as I saw that they were all about to jump ship or whatnot. And there's a weird kind of thing that you eventually come to where those people weren't my people. Not right. that I'm saying they were bad people in any fashion, but maybe the bigger problem was my intention to own a portion of their output and artwork as though it had some loyalty attached to it other than an understood contract that was mutually beneficial. I can dig that. I can build that. However, the other side of me is like, fuck them motherfuckers. I've given them guidance. I've given them, you know, uh, direction. I provided them with a place to hone their skills and I taught them how. And some amount of that is owed back to me. And I want my I want my house payment. Damn it. So I dig that too. Um, funny thing is one night years ago, uh, I was hanging out with of my best friend, his fam, his his wife's family, and him, and his his uh, father-in-law was military dude. Mm -hmm. Um, I had been. I mean, I still struggle with leadership. I think anyone in any position of leadership struggles with it, right? So, I've been struggling with leadership, and I was like, "Hey, what do you do, Tom, when you expect that?" everything you fed into this person is going to come back to you. And he goes, well, that's your first mistake. You shouldn't expect. And I think mm -hmm. that that's the hardest part is like, I, I agree with everything you just said on both sides of it um, from the start to now. Uh, and it's, I'm, I'm actually really glad you're playing the devil's advocate campaign on this. Cause I don't want to just come out and make this a bash session because okay, cool. You know, I mean, I, I, I good came of this program that you were in. Of sorts. Am I wrong? Uh, it, to a, yes. I mean, there, there's no, there's no denying that the networking in there was awesome. Um, I found a, an awesome group of people that I connected with. Uh, and name, really name the like, program for us, please. Cause other people might not be aware of, of what we're talking about, but it's kind of made ripples in the industry right now where a lot of people are talking very, about it. Um, it's called Tattoo Business Mastery, and it's taught by Matt Clemmer. And um, so I want to first say that this is hard for me to come and do. It was hard for me to put out the shit that I've been putting out against him. Um, a lot of people keep referring him to like a cult leader type. I feel like I do have some sort of like Stockholm syndrome where I feel like loyal to him. Um, but I feel like the experience that I've had with him didn't really show true, genuine integrity. And I ain't got time to chase people around who ain't got, who ain't going to stand in their integrity, uh, but teach it. So like mm -hmm. it was, it's, it's, do you see what I'm saying? There's two sides of this coin. I well, like I do and don't. Right. Cause I, I'm not 
aware so much of the tattoo business mastery. And okay. I think that's for my audience too. So let me give you a bit of where I'm at with my understanding yeah, of it. Me. And, uh, and then you, uh, you tell me where I'm right or wrong on it. Um, it tattoo business mastery was something to help tattoo artists who were already established, maybe attain that next peer that yeah. they, many times we plateau or we just find ourselves at one level. And this was a program in which you paid, uh, I think sometimes large amounts of money, thousands of bucks a month, if I'm not mistaken, um, for yeah, classes dollars for a couple month program. So I paid this $3, was dollars uh, for a twelve week program, and then after for that, twelve weeks. And then after that, I was in his next level program for a thousand dollars a month, and that was only because I was in an earlier class. The price went up later, uh, but price I never I never mentioned price because I don't feel like I didn't mm. get something for the money I traded right. I got a learning. Okay, experience. good. It wasn't it wasn't the learning experience I wanted, but I got a learning experience. But when I was in well, next there, we month, go with expectations then, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I told that story quick on because like, here's the thing, man. I know Matt's not perfect. I know he's a human. I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm a human. But when I get caught with my pants down, I say, OK, yeah, I did it. And I feel like he's not doing that. So with me, it was like there was a lot of one size fits all information uh and i kept applying it and applying it kept being told that i just needed to trust the process and apply this information and mm -hmm. like he's giving the same information to people that are less skilled with way less accolades so how are we all going to raise our prices at twenty five hundred dollars a day where does that put me amongst them where does that put them amongst us like so it was very it was that was one of the first things that, that you, you found uh harder or like a coarseness yeah. with was raising your price right and that was the thing so like i had just raised my rates and i felt comfortable in the rates i had raised to and then he's like that's not enough raise them higher and then the more i raised my rates the more clientele i'd lose and i'd just be told to trust the process and then and then he'd be talking about me behind my back saying i'm uncoachable and it's like so well that's that's going to be hearsay am i wrong what, what do you what do we have of uh, knowledge of that uh, I have knowledge from a number of different, and it, it would be hearsay, but I trust it. Um, right. I've but sometimes, it, I, and I even mean to say the telephone game is always no, going to be I get applied it. here where I get it. And the original the reason, intention might not be seen and people might have read the intention is what they told you, the but it wasn't the necessarily reason why, The reason why I, I say I feel very strongly about it is because I've watched him in some of the classes he's taught talk shit about other people and say they're uncoachable and say this about them and air their dirty laundry. So if you're airing your students' dirty laundry, then I don't have any These more you that you're not going to air my dirty laundry. Other people that were members then of, of previous classes. Yeah, that trusted him as a mentor and a coach. And so then, that's also kind of, it, it could like a sign of, if you're going to beat up uh, people that leave your course, if people leave your course, you kind of, Almost not that you have to, right? But that's going to be something that you're going to have to make a decision on. How do we talk about the people who aren't here? Well, let's talk shit on them so that people, we can maybe make them a learning experience for people. Don't be like but, this. But like, I don't, I don't pay a coach lots of money uh, to have him guide me and then use me as an example without like, <laughs> You know, bringing use me my failures as examples. What's that? Mm. What, using my failures as an example, or right. it, it now 
if if there were so your own self, you can play devil's advocate too. Right. What what is said back to you if you say, I didn't get I'm not getting now you've already paid. This was like one off courses, right? This wasn't a continued oh, yeah. like you spend for the rest of your life. I yeah, I was paying thousand dollars a month until I decided I, I didn't want to do that anymore. Um so where did it go wrong? Well, the thousand dollars a month was supposed to be in perpetuity until until you had attained a level? Well, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, he said it was a 12 month long program. Um, but the thing was, it didn't seem to have any real structure. So right. it didn't seem like it was a structured program. It just seemed like a program of taking uh, your money. Yeah. And it was like, it was a lot of, um, it seemed a lot of, like we would do the talking to each other and then I, and then a lot of people would get upset because he would show me special attention apparently because he would answer me. He would come to, he like, he, one of the things that it looks like, I don't know if this is true is that he used my clout to sell his course. Uh, I've been told from people like, look at Robbie Rapoli. He's a, he's a perfect model student. And then I still have never been good at, charging the rates that he agreed with me to charge. Like I've never built my client base stronger with the, cause his whole program is you raise your rates, you know, your worth and they won't bulk and they won't budge and they'll pay what you're worth. They'll pay your worth. They'll pay your worth. They'll pay <clears> your worth. And it's like, dude, you're telling all of us this. We're all at different fucking skill levels. And you're just telling me that they'll pay, they'll pay our worth. But like, you're not giving me any strategies to gain clients. Like I know how to manifest things, but like, let's put some action behind this manifesting. So it was just a lot of fluff and it wasn't a lot of program. What, I'm was not there mad any campaigning uh, courses? Like uh, this is how you monopolize platforms. No, none this of that. The platform. Okay. None I follow you there then too. Cause that's going to be a big part of big part of the, the tattoo artists nowadays. Right. Like if it's business, let's fucking do the business of it, of social media. We didn't dive into that, really. It was a lot of mindset stuff. And look, man, I'm not saying that I didn't go into this course and get what I paid for. Right. I'm just saying that the man as a person after the fact has shown that he's not the coach and mentor that he painted himself to be or the person that he painted himself to be. And it bums me out. Because I I am fucking as as transparent as possible with my fucking audience of the fact that I am not a good person all the time. You know, when people ask me, how do you stay so positive? I'm like, well, I'm actually a piece of shit. So like <laughs> I have to <laughs> counsel myself into not being a piece of shit regularly, which leads to me being more positive on a regular basis. And I feel like Matt just doesn't fucking show the other foot. Everybody wants to show the good foot. And this, these are words that I've heard from him. Everybody wants to show the good foot, but nobody wants to show the other foot. I feel like he has a very high, hard time showing his other foot. Like, look, man, your shit's falling apart and that sucks. But like, just be like, yo, I did hurt some people. Maybe I should fucking manage my system differently. Maybe I should actually vet people when I say I'm going to vet them. That's another big problem. He was saying that he vetted people and like all these artists were at a certain level to get to our next level. But some of these people can't tell to either way out of a wet paper sack. So how are you going right. to approach us all the same when like this person's two years in and fucking has no, no idea what's going on with a tattoo machine, let alone the business of it. And I've been here for fucking almost 30 years. You're going to coach us the same. 
And so it was, so that's what I'm saying, man. It's just, it's not integrity. It's the lack of integrity. And he teaches a lot about integrity. So it bums me out that there was a lack of integrity there. Um, <laughs> and it bums me out that he was teaching integrity. Like, dude, I have a bad habit of looking at my fucking mentors and role models, whether I've met them or not, as like infallible. So they say something and then I believe it. And so when, you know, you tell me that you've done X, Y, Z, and then I meet you in person and you actually haven't, that was just for show for your podcast. Like, damn, dude, like you're not in integrity. But why are you teaching me integrity if you're not in integrity? What is, do you have an example of that? Um, I mean, honestly, it, it might seem trivial, but smoking is it possible? Okay, yeah. All right. I just wonder if you put somebody on such a high level at first, with with what you just said. If I was to temper that with your own, well, let me let me just finish what, the, the example. Yeah, smoking cigarettes. He made a big thing on his podcast about how he quit, but then when I see him in person, he's chain smoking. That's not integrity, man. Like you're 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 in the mental wellness and mental like teaching space right. like just have the fucking integrity to tell your audience hey i, I started smoking again i don't give a fuck yeah, i guess if you make it a big deal that you quit smoking then make it a real deal a that you deal. fucking jump back in yeah <laughs> be like so, hey a little bit of lapse character you know what i just found out and, i like them right and right and that's the thing dude, i like, can quit anytime i want that's what you exactly. guys don't understand and and i've done this with my following where i'm like yo like I'm on a weed break and I think I'm going to quit because I really don't like smoking. And I, and like, but, but then when I start smoking weed again, I'm like, you know what? I started smoking weed again. And I like, I just don't want to hide the truth from people because I know if people I have a voice and people look up to me. So I got to fucking be as honest as I can be like, Kyle, you've seen me in public. You've seen me drunk. I don't pretend I don't be drunk in public, but like, you know, very rarely have I seen you drunk in public. I've seen you happy in public. I've seen you happy when I'm like, I bet Robbie's got one or two on it in him. But at the end, I haven't of a seen you like you haven't you haven't beat your girl yet. You know, we haven't seen a <laughs> black the, eye on Donna. At the end of a convention, I'm almost fucking drunk every night. Like I fucking hate like the space in those. I think that's why I don't like doing them anymore because like I don't want to drink all the time to deal with this, and I'm not ready to face my fucking social anxiety apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> And you the know, alcohol like, helps with that. Dude, it really does, you know? Like, and then because you and I, you know, we have these these different platforms, right? We, we get a little bit more attention, so it's even harder. And so, like, receiving the attention and all that. And I understand that that is probably something Matt goes through. But, like, to claim that you got roofied when you were just clearly drinking fucking triple shots of tequila all night, like, that's just lame. I'm you know, not like, aware of, of this. Now, I've heard a story of sorts that he, he uh, well, all claimed on his show wasn't that there. roofied him. He claimed at Evergreen that somebody roofied him, that two women roofied him. Well, those women came out in public and said, yo, we actually didn't roofie him. Um, we actually thought he was a cool guy because of all the stuff he's been doing on the internet. So we bought him a drink and it was like a thank you. And then we left. And But th then something happened? Like well, then well, then Just, it was he claimed to be roofied was the worst was the worst of it. But I know because, I know I've blacked out drunk and nobody roofied me because I drank too many fucking shots. Yeah. Alcohol will roofie you itself. Exactly. <laughs> you so don't like, need to add something to it if there's enough alcohol. I remember I remember watching a dude and this chick 
like drink together all day long, end up hooking up. And then the next day he called rape on her. And it's like, bro, we saw the way you were cute. <laughs> like that ain't rape dog. That's drinking and fucking pills. Like, you know, like, you know, so, so it's like, dude, don't just don't claim rape when you're in a fucking spot where it's obviously not rape, dude. Like that was just disappointing. Like, dude, you drank a lot. I've, I've had, I've heard, I've heard way more accounts of that dude was drinking heavy all fucking night long. And, only one account of some him saying I got roofied like dude and then his behavior was not uh one of a mentor then after he had been drunk no no he dude he he has this he has this habit of running around um being sexually perverted and saying that he's got a hall pass and telling women that they got childbearing hips and they would make great kids together and like dude look I I don't I don't I don't know if he said these things, but the okay. intensity the intensity of the women that told me about these things makes me believe that they're not lying, and they've said that they're afraid to come out, but they've thanked me in private for coming out and saying something against him. But now he was drunk too, very even very. whether he was roofied or not, he was inebriated, very drunk. And then if he got roofied on top of that, well. Roofied on top of blackout drunk is just going to get you closer to dying. But like, you're still going right. to be a pile of shit when you're blackout drunk. Like, I don't know very many people that are awesome blackout drunks. That's why I try not to blackout drink. You know, what <laughs> what I'm it's like I love yeah. blackout drinking. It's fucking fun. You have no fucking rules and nobody can stop you until the next day. And I mean, you don't remember it, though. So what is any of it worth? Like, yeah, you have no rules, but you do right. have right they will be reminded of you but here's the in the well, harshest of ways you said you've never seen me publicly drunk you have seen me publicly drunk but you haven't seen me publicly a fucking mess yeah. and that's the thing be, since i've started the rad movement i realized i had to fucking step up and be who i'm preaching about trying to be so like it can't just be me following my same old patterns preaching motivation and self-help and change your life and be better and mental wellness and self-care and self-love and love each other if I don't fucking practice it. So dude, being in this space, I take it mad personal and I take it disrespectful yeah. as fuck because when dudes take advantage of women in the tattoo role because they can get a girl- Well, now was advantage that? taken because these no, I'm are not, all I'm just not, things that saying, were suggested, right? I'm not saying, now, I'm not saying, no, hold on. I'm not saying- okay. he, advantage of women i'm not saying okay. that i'm saying i'm saying but some people do that in the tattoo role yeah and this, this is how i view that in the mentor coach motivational role so did That's that all. clarify yeah yeah but now okay, why cool. I, the reason i keep going back to this is because i think so much is being left to the imagination in many people's descriptions of actual offenses that I'm, i think may, may, that there's a lot of there's always people on platforms ready to jump on some hate if it right. gets them some traction and some and likes. That's not me. So, well, in that, the, but it creates an echo chamber without any actual honesty, you know, where we're like, I wanted to say the kid was drunk, did some stupid shit, or, or I want to say as his lawyer, right? As his advocate. <laughs> as his lawyer. All right. I like, I like that approach. Okay. If I'm, if I got a fucking quarter point for the guy that, for a day, I'm going to say, okay. well, look, at, okay. he obviously got drunk, is shameful about the amount of drinking that he has, isn't, prepared to deal with possibly the honesty is to the amount that he was the cause of and that's you know, why so I much bring up, the, that's you know. why i bring up like the whole reference to 
when people take advantage of their power in the tattoo position. I feel like he took advantage of his power in a motivational position and a coaching position where he should have kept himself on fucking lock and he should have fucking stayed in his integrity and he shouldn't have gotten so fucking shit faced to where the fact that now you got to tell a story about what happened because you don't remember and then try right. and use it as a teaching lesson that isn't real. You're fucking. Now, he was at his friend's convention too, right? So he he's at Evergreen, so which is Joshua Carlton's. Yeah, so he brings negative Which, energy to convention, and then and then the reason why well, is his podcast host, and and I gotta right. figure if he didn't almost need to clear the air, right amongst him. If if Carlton hadn't been there, I don't think Carlton's really drinking right now. So I don't know what no. the late nights are turning into at the Evergreen. Exactly. But, so like, and that's the thing the the podcast got taken that this stopped getting made because <clears> the episode about the roofing got taken down because. It was the two. I don't need to fucking audit these. I don't need to fucking beep these two. You get me screwed up like that. Okay, don't do that. I don't like to. Okay. Edit. That's what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, they they came out on Tattoo Shop Talk and their own platforms saying like, "Hey, this is what happened. We didn't roof okay. this." And yeah, so, they, that, and I'm, so I'm, there was there was legal action taken. So now that podcast has been taken down. So that that therefore gives me more validity to that now now this dude is. It's not only the liar I've seen him to be, but he's the liar that others see him to be. And it's like, look, man, I've called him out. I've brought it to his attention. Um, we've had many text sessions about it. Uh, and he tried to call me really late one night. And I'm not going to have a serious a conversation like that at 2, 3, 4 in the morning when I'm trying to sleep. Um, and right. he, he only communicates with me super late at night. He makes these weird videos late at night and he posts them and it looks like he's on a bender. And it's like, dude, if you're falling apart, like tell me, yo, I'm falling apart. But he like tries to blame me. And, and like the last time he messaged me, it was something to the effect of like, yo, you know, you there's still hope for you. You can come back. But if you want to have Donna's seal of approval, then you're never going to be safe or free from it. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> So like now he, he tries to get all like prophetic and Jesus like on me. And I'm not into that, bro. Like I, I, Jesus is my homeboy, but I'm not down for religion. I'm down for spirituality. I'm down for open-mindedness. I'm not down for one way. Um, I'm down for, I'm an agnostic. I believe there's something out there. I don't know what it is. And I'm cool with that. Um, but like, don't start bringing your Jesus stuff on me and trying to like, like be a prophet to me, dog. Like you were a mentor and you dropped the ball on being a good mentor. Just fucking call it that. Just accept it and walk away, homie. Like, just be like, man, I appreciate that you and I can't work together no more, but don't fucking barrage me with late night text messages to the point where I'm blocking your number because I can't fucking wake up and have that pain every morning of a weird message and a weird gaslighting fucking encryption decoding shit. Like, dude, I just, it's gotten so, it's gotten bad. It's gotten to the point where we created a fucking support group and there's 80 people in that support group. And then the amount of people that have reached out to me outside of that, dude, it's mind blowing. When I started sharing my story about how like- You had an 80 person strong support group? How many, if I want to cut that in half, some of them are, are just there to support their friends that have already been through it. Or these are people that all feel they have directly been harmed by um there is probably about an 80 percent ratio of people that feel like they've been harmed to otherwise um but like affected by some of the things that have been gone on in his world so like 
The amount of people I've seen reach out and have a similar story to mine, it made me feel like I'm not crazy. Dude, I've been going around for a year and a half feeling like I'm crazy, feeling like I'm betraying a good friend, feeling like, and, and just by having feelings, just by like not working with them anymore, I started feeling this way. So like, I've been fucked up in the head about it for a while. Like, but I also told them all my truths about how like my dad was a great man and he was a great dad, but he wasn't a very loving dad. And this dude likes to like prey on people who need mentorship and male leadership. I will admittedly say that I would love to to fill some holes in the um, rece reception of male mentorship and safe, healthy male mentorship in my life. Um, because I, but that I was not one of them by your estimation. He did not because give you use the word faith. pray. Right, exactly. And and when when I feel preyed upon because I've told you my truth and now I hear my truth getting back to me from other sources from your mouth and you're like like uh what's the word uh, making fun of my truth? Uh it seems like he is at that point. If you heard it, you you heard this back from other people about about family feelings truth, about your about my truth and parents. like <laughs> how I came to him like, yo, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my shop. And when his artist came to me, came to him and said, yo, I'm going to go guess at Robbie's shop. And he's like, that's if he has a shop in six months, I'm going to help him though. And it's like, no, I don't fucking pay you thousands of dollars as a coach and cry to you, literally fucking cry to you with my problems just for you to fucking mock me to people well, that you, that you put into my was Saying I'm going to help him though. No. But dude, his fucking shit was the reason why I was falling apart. When I was fucking, when I was doing it my way, we were almost a million dollar studio. In one year, that's, we that's fucking, a good shop. We had made like nine hundred and something thousand dollars as a studio one year, and then we started TBM. And I thought, well, if I'm doing this good, maybe he'll make me better. And I started following his shit, and just everything just went down and down and down. Well, and you've, you've, you do taxes, so what's uh, what was the next year's? In, in relation to we're to still in that year we're still in that year okay so you I haven't gotten that tax i hadn't gotten that back yet so like by following his advice i've got but i know i can see the numbers and they're not mm -hmm. as good as they were um i <laughs> so i'm just in a weird way where it was going well and the more i leaned into his teachings and the more i tried to put those on my people the more my people pushed back and what you said at the beginning was those people aren't my people you're absolutely right and i learned all these lessons and i take 100 percent accountability for following this man blindly and i feel fucking dumb as shit and that's well, why do you, I have do you take some of the i took his absolutely course. i take the fucking accountability i feel stupid okay. well no not accountability Oh. I'm curious if you've gotten value from it, too, that you still might use parts from the course. For instance, I took a seminar years ago and I never took TBM because I'd already taken a seminar with him and Kyle Cotterman. And I got an idea of what TBM would be because he's one of those, you know, believe in yourself, you know, Disney Channel. Right guru right. kind of people he sees the world differently than I. And so I'm like, I see it now. He took he, he said right away. You take your money that you want to make in a year and you divide that by how many days that you want to work in a year, you know, how many weeks right. that is basically. And then how many days do you want to work in a week? And now you need to know how much you can charge for a full day 
or how much you'll charge for two half day sessions. And the two half day sessions have to be a little bit more. So there's a value in the full day. This, this all sounds, I'm 100%. guessing, right? 100%. Now, it's not a bad program not for bad. any it's, artist it's to follow. It's not bad. But the problem is that's the only real teaching that there was. So it wasn't like okay. it wasn't like there was extra business advice to help you market yourself more brilliantly, clearly, and fucking shine different. It's just treat your clients good and celebrate and celebrate and celebrate. But there wasn't like an actual like structure on how to get like gain the confidence to get your clients to believe in you, you know, like there there's structured programs on how to increase more confidence in your life to make money specifically. And those break down into how it works, but his was just believe in yourself stuff, believe in yourself stuff. And really I'm not even dogging the program as much as I'm just hurt by him as a person that. Cause you still use the two, the, the half day, full day session. I still, dude, I'm still using it and I'm still struggling to fill my books. Okay. And I'm still like going back and forth of, do I just raise my rate or lower my rates a thousand dollars so I can fucking fill my books again? You know, like I don't want to overwork myself, but like, I really like the $2,500 a day price point. I feel like I can do $2,500 worth of work in a day. I'm having a hard time booking those clients. And that sucks because like, dude, this is over a year and a half after using his fucking program. And it's still, I still don't have the tools to attract that clientele other than believe in yourself. Motherfucker, ain't nobody believing themselves the way I believe in myself. Like I know I make it, but like, and I know I'm worth it. And I know my clients are out there, but I'm having a hard time finding the ones to just make it to where I am working enough. And I feel like that's one of the things that wasn't spoken about ever. A lot of his artists in the shop would go, you know, very long spells without being booked or not doing a lot of work. And he would just present to us this vision and this image of success that exceeded ours, but it actually didn't. It was just a picture he was painting. And that's where I get upset about the integrity. Like, like I said, like you've said, there was value in the program, man. He teaches a lot of fucking shit. Like, dude, as a motivator, as a coach, as a healer, a lot of the fucking information we do in that field is regurgitative. We've heard it before and it helped us. So we put our own spin on it and now we're teaching it to other people. So yeah. he regurgitated a lot of information, which I don't hate on. I do the same fucking thing. But like, it was like one size fits all and it didn't actually well one price doesn't sound like it had a i would imagine that you could really argue as a as a leader inside of that that the market is going to help you determine your your piece and moreover instead of determining how much money you want to make in a year Mm -hmm. determine how much you want to work find out how much money your market will determine for your your rate for a day and then begin let's see achieving higher levels from there that wasn't a part of it. That was fuck your market. It doesn't matter. You can attract the business. Just believe in yourself. And that was the information I was given. Oh, <laughs> how do you over and over <laughs> and over again? And then and then and then to be like treated like I was uncoachable, and then be told that I'm uncoachable behind my back. Like, dude, like I'm just trying to fucking figure out how to make your fucking process work. I just well, want it to work. I just want it. To you're work obviously so uncoachable. 
if you're not believing in yourself listen you need to do more of a belief in yourself <laughs> no, I, I, I i've always laughed at belief in yourself as any kind of thing because it as is very cure. disney because i think there's a part that they always miss when you even watch the disney shows the belief in themselves is what gets them to keep doing the practice that allows Absolutely. them to have a, a 15 second montage of practice right. right that never is like the montage is where it's at. You have to realize that work. that montage was it's two like years five, of oh, yeah, exactly. learning to be exactly. a fucking Japanese fucking yes. warrior, right? Yeah. Yes. So like the belief in yourself is just to get through the practice of every day. But if you're just telling people to believe, instead of believe, it should be take this time to draw, right? To create right. the things that you also want to see. Was there much emphasis on art and growth in those areas? Not really. Like he had Joshua Carlton come on one class and he taught a bit about art. Um, and there wasn't a ton of emphasis on art. It was a lot, dude, honestly, it was a great support group. So like, if we're going to call it what it is, yeah. but now you got one of those for free and I can join not even being harmed. Actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't allow I you. I think access. I want to be hurt by, jo oh, oh, really? I couldn't join. I wouldn't and allow you your access because you now I actually want in. Exactly. I dude, it's a place for people to heal. It's not a place for fucking trouble to start, but honestly, <laughs> and, and, and really me trouble. You can be. I love, love you, you. too. <laughs> um, but the truth is, so we started it as the TVM support group. I was anti that name, but Donna was like strict in that name. And mm -hmm. I, I am actually thinking about changing it from just a TVM support group to a like human tattooer support group. I still don't know what we're going to do with it because I don't want to bash TVM forever. And I don't want to bash TVM ever. Honestly, I don't really fucking care. I just wanted to share my story. I wanted to get it out there. And I wanted the people that were on the fence <laughs> that maybe weren't sure if they should trust their gut to see my video and be like, all right, maybe I should trust my gut and not go with it. And if you looked at my video and my posts and said, Robbie's a nutcase, fuck it. I'm taking TBM. That's great. I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck what you do with the information I've given you, but I needed to share my fucking story because I didn't listen to the people that were warning me about him before I fucking took the course. So I should have listened that not right. that he and, and, and it isn't, he's got a bad message and he's a piece of shit. It's he's a snake oil salesman and he doesn't really care. And like, that's the part that hurts me the most, man. Don't prey on people that need male mentorship and don't give them love and mentorship. But like, hey, whatever, man. Every mentor teaches you a, a lesson at some way to some. Yeah. So Can like, he argue that? Can he be no, like this? You know Robbie, what? Hey, look. And, be and a harder I'm kid. trying to argue that. <laughs> You were I'm soft, bro. So it. I came in and I loved you up. So you thought you had a friend, and then I pulled the rug off from underneath you. Had to grow <laughs> up and realize you're the only one that can hold your hand, motherfucker. Right, and like, dude, that that's cool. If that's your teaching, that's fine. But don't wrap it up as love and tenderness, because his teaching is wrapped up in love and tenderness. But he's a different person when nobody's looking. And I know we're all different people when nobody's looking. But like, I really try to like act like at someone's looking at every fucking point in my life, whether I'm alone or not, because I want to fucking oh, be the best version. Catholic. Of no, I'm not. You crazy <laughs> fuck. <laughs> no, I just want to fucking be the best person I can be when no one's looking. So, so that you always watching. Someone... You always think people are watching you now, though. No, so that way I'm being the best version of myself. So that way I really am the person that I'm pretending to be. And I'm not pretending to be that person. I'm just a good yeah. person who's normal you know, and makes mistakes. Let and me I give you that compliment because you, you do 
you don't mind, you let people into parts that a lot of people on Instagram and other things will just be an avatar. For, you know what I mean? Yes. Like you, you talk about things that hurt you, you know, and make you sad. And uh, yeah. damn it, I, I, if I had to count every time I saw you cry in a post. It'd be a lot. It might be, it might fill up my hand. Yeah. Fill up you know, I don't know about two hands. But you know, not, I, I, and I don't want it to be two hands because my whole life isn't two hands full of tears, man. But like the truth of it is my life isn't all fucking sunshine and roses. So if your life isn't sunshine and roses too, then maybe you fucking feel the same as me. But yeah, if you can like, identify with that instead of, oh boy, I want to go tune into the rocks fucking meal plan for the day. Oh, <laughs> big excitement. Uh, he's going to have a cheat day and he's going to have some carbs. Right. <laughs> Right. But you know what? That shit's helped me on my fucking physical wellness journeys where I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe I can cheat a little bit and still stay on my program. Cause if I don't cheat my program, I won't fucking stay on my program because I'm a fat fuck inherently <laughs> and I want to eat tasty food and not move, but I'm better. You'll, you'll build right up here. a compulsion, right? Right. So like, and like oh, and now I got it. And then when you break down and you have a piece of cheesecake, you'll be like, nah, I mean the whole fucking thing. Well, <laughs> no, that now, well, now it's like I work out so hard and I eat right more often than not that I'm actually just like, cool, I can eat this cheesecake because I'm fucking doing well and I'm not going to fucking strip away the months of hard work from this one slice of cheesecake. But if I do it 10 it, times, then I'm fucked. And let's talk about Robbie's desires then, too. What is it? Is it cheesecake? Is that your thing? Um, I, I just like yummy foods. Um, and All like, of them? Yeah, dude, convenience oh, foods are easy. Dude, convenience foods are easy. Pizza, fucking. No, cheap you got to watch the City Slickers. You know, you know. <laughs> you remember City Slickers, Jack Palance? Yes. He's having yes. a little conversation with uh with the City Slickers, and he's telling him, you know what life's about. This is that one thing, right? So that's like I'm telling you, man. I've I'm already breaking the rules somewhat with my one thing, but uh, I put a comma in it because it's pumpkin pie mm -hmm. and vanilla ice cream. <laughs> but i'll break for that man like right. pumpkin pie vanilla ice cream like if if it's not pumpkin at 50 years old you find out that every carb you eat has a price to pay right so right now you you make sure no it's just a worthy fucking price i pay like someone would be like hey kyle you want all these fucking twizzler sticks i i literally spit a twizzler out i ate it for a second because i was like you know i spent a long time since i had a twizzler and so I started eating this Twizzler and it's turned into whatever flavor it turned into my mouth. And I was like, oh, I really don't like Twizzlers, do I? And I was like, oh, you know what? It's not pumpkin pie and vanilla ice cream. I spit that shit in the trash. Right, dude. And so for me, I guess I just give myself um, a certain amount of breaking points. So like I'll give myself like a tasty meal and I'll be like, all right, I'll get dessert too. But like we ain't doing this all the time. So like I I I feel like I have my limits in different ways, but I like that as the one thing. I like variety. Life's about it, man. I like people try to tell me, Kyle, you're gonna play that new video game. I'm like, no, I'm still playing fucking Dig Dug. <laughs> my one thing, okay. One thing. Oh, the whole world moves on to your bigger and brighter colors with all your fancy dancy fucking 3D scapes, your 3D fucking headsets and all that. You know how cheap Dig Dug is for me to play? I can play it on my phone now. Ha -ha, <laughs> I win. Uh, no, I like, I like, there is beauty and simplicity for sure. <laughs> and, and I think. <laughs> yeah, I that think didn't work out with eight tracks though, man. I was like the eight track guy. I was like, man, fuck all you kids <laughs> with your high fidelity quadraphonics. I'm good with just the stereo. Okay. And then fucking, I thought everything was cheap for a while. 
And then, then you're stuck with a bunch of broken fucking eight tracks. <laughs> and that's why you have to evolve. And like, that's why I feel like, that's why I feel like this shit that's going on is just like a lesson to evolve, man. Take your lumps, show up, say, I'm sorry. Um, take accountability that, for what you've done. Don't call everyone that fucking defies you a liar because that's just fucking making generalizations. And that's not, that's not smart. Like you think I there's going to be a moment know. when Clemmer has, has a moment like that where he, who is one of the, nobody's I exempt from that Faye moment. Baker. What? Nobody's exempt from that moment, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's going to come out to the public and, be like, I had sexual relations with that woman. He probably will do something to that, some effect, and it'll feel forced and planned and not real. And like, I just want the dude <laughs> to be honest. But the problem is, I'm a super honest motherfucker to a fault, to the point like, dude, outing him has caused me so much pain. I wish I hadn't done it to one degree, but mm -hmm. I've so much healing on the other side of it, and so many people, and including myself, that I'm like, I'm glad I fucking did it. Like I've been dealing with narcissist behaviors my whole life. I don't need that in the people I choose to be in my life. And I will not tolerate that in the people I pay to be in my life. Cause if you're my <laughs> fucking paid coach, you definitely have a choice over who, who you pay for. Exactly. I once and, was told by uh, a great tattoo artist who had just gotten a life coach. He was okay. out there in California and he was making good money, man. This kid was doing all right for himself. And he had a life coach and I was amazed by it. And he told me he spent, I think he said $5,000 a month on it. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, he spent $5,000 a month on a life coach. How does that ever work out to your, your financial benefit? It seems like if I was a life coach, the first thing I would teach you is fire me. Um, <laughs> you know, biggest expense you got is my fucking ass. Holy shit! I was so looking at the numbers, and this can't go on. Um, so and and he looked at me and he said, "Well, I can teach you. It'll cost you two thousand five hundred a month." <laughs> so that's the one thing that Donna hates about all these coaches of coaches, because it's like I'm just going to teach you how to coach other people, how to be a coach, and and it's like, dude, it it just turned into this weird. It turns into this hamster wheel. So I got very. <laughs> I got very deep where everybody else gets to do the work and I get right. to sit at the top of it. That's right. the kind of shit I want to build. Am I wrong? Right. But I want to build it the <laughs> right way and make sure that people aren't fucking talking about me like this. Um, so like oh, uh, Jake Paul says, that's just good. Uh, that's just good press. Yeah. No I mean, but if, bad press. but if it looks it, but if it shows up and it shows up so much that it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, well, it's a fucking duck, man. So like, Dude, Do you imagine a world that TBM is actually benefited by the amount of uproar being so of upswelling I've, against it? I've received hundreds of correspondences about how people are like, yo, thank you for posting because I had a similar experience and it hurt. I had one person say I really got a lot out of TBM. And the way I answered him was like, great, man, I did too. But like, I also don't like the way it went down. I don't like the person that he shows up to be. And I don't like the way he fucking talks about his students behind their backs. So like, and I don't like the fact that he's one size fits all and all these people in different field from, I mean, from different skill levels. And like, you can't. Yeah. I think there's like something that. to that. You don't, not everybody is worth out. Was he telling everybody in his class? You're 2,500. No, but, but like 2k a day was normal for him. So Anywhere between 1500 and 2500 a day was easy for him to tell people to charge. And he just believed that everybody should charge that.
in his class. I, I can see an argument to that. Uh, at least at fifteen hundred a day, um, you can get a lot of work done a lot of times. I, I, all if I'm you've been tattooing is, five look, to ten years. I have eyes, and I see. I have eyes, and I see people's work, and not everybody in his groups are worth fifteen hundred dollars a day, even. So, right. like, look, man, vet your fucking people if you're saying you're going to vet your people. And like, so I went down this huge rabbit hole of I'm going to get all the coaching in the world. So then I got another coach. And so it's funny you say 5,000 a month. I got another coach. It was a $30,000 program for six months. I paid him $5,000 for the two first months and I quit because I didn't see the value in the program. This was one of Matt's coaches. And Matt made the introduction with me and this dude. And like, it just didn't feel right. But I was so scared and so deep in my own imposter syndrome that I'm like, I'm just going to keep following these coaches. Then I spent $10,000 on another program that was a year long with all these other dudes to be coached. So, like, I'm over here just throwing. Did you? So from all this experience with the coaching, though, did you did you ever feel that there was any curriculum or thought being put forward i was imagined i'm sorry let, let me let me preface this question with, with this that I, I i was imagined that clemmer was working towards um a masterpiece of sorts an idea of taking tattooing to a college course or some kind of technical trades course but making it i i feel like there's a next progression for teaching tattooing and no, not there definitely that is. there definitely not is. that it's going to be the right way but somebody has the, the opportunity to, to do it the right way. You know, I, I like just, even I don't feel like he's that. And 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 if, if we're if we're going there, I just don't feel like he's that. No shit. Well, that's what I imagined he was going towards. But was there any idea of curriculum that when these new teachers or, or, or coaches were coming on to teach, were they giving new information or just a new standpoint of the same information? So, so there's this one coach that he brought on. Awesome dude. I actually I'm just wondering when he's going to stop working with Matt. Uh, he's actually worked with me personally a couple of times and he's a really great guy. Um, he gives good information, but it's all mindset stuff. Everything in there is still mindset. It seems, I, I mean, I haven't been in it for a while, but I've, I've, I've had all these other people telling me that it's basically just people talking and it's not a structured thing. The one of the biggest complaints people have said is it's not structured. There's no curriculum. And when people ask for his curriculum, he gets combative and he just like turns the conversation around and does like gaslighting, manipulating techniques. And it's just weird. Like he offers a money back guarantee, but struggles with giving people their money back. Uh, I've seen this with a number. Have you tried to get yours or have you seen? No, no, because I'm not, I'm not the one, bro. I'm not the one that's fucking over here saying, give me my money back. I fucking take my lumps. You know what I'm saying? But, but if I paid for it, then I get to talk a little bit of shit about it too, I guess. If I paid for it and I don't fucking like what it, what it stands for. And I don't believe in the product that's being fucking produced. I'm going to use my voice and I'm going to use my platform for good against what I believe is deceitful. And that's if all I buy is. a car and the doors don't shut, I'm going to put it on my bro, Instagram. Bro, I, I'm mad as fuck at the guy that sold me my 59 Cadillac because it's a leaky fucking car. And I told him the only reason why I'm not buying a fucking convertible is because I don't want a leaky fucking car. And my shit leaks every time I drive it in the rain. <laughs> Granted, it's first world problems. I'm bitching about my 59 Cadillac. <laughs> but if we're talking about business practices, that guy knew what I was desiring as a consumer, and he didn't fucking deliver that. Uh, I, mean, yeah, I hope you I, know how to cult. <laughs> right? 
well, I, I got to have body work and shit done. That's fine. Whatever. But like, the thing is, I just wish I would have been told, hey, man, this thing is going to need some work and not been charged to price the, the top premium. So when I when I get when I go to buy a, another custom car or a classic car, it is not going to be from that guy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah. But I've really wanted to like out him on the Internet, but I don't want to do that because I don't want to be a mean guy, you know, <laughs> like, but I want to protect still other- leaking. Dude, it, dude, it, I, I'm not driving it today because it's fucking raining. Like, and so that's the thing, man. I don't like to be the guy that fucking blows the curtain off anybody's bullshit. But dude, the amount of emotional turmoil that I, what's that? That's Toto. Toto, Toto pulled Toto. the curtain back. Oh, <laughs> great Oz. Great Oz yeah, is really exactly. just fucking scientist back there. Exactly. Misguided exactly. professor who went off on fucking balloon trips and didn't know where the fuck he landed. Bro, just make that part of your story if that's part of your story is all I'm saying against Clemmer. Just make the part of the story is where we pull back the curtain, we see the truth, and guess what? You get to help people heal, grow, progress, and become their best selves by being your true self in front of them because then they don't have to walk around with the shame of not being perfect. Because, dude, I hate a mentor that fucking feigns perfection because perfection isn't possible. So like, don't pretend you're perfect and then sell me on perfection. Cause then when I don't fucking get perfection from your coaching, now I hate you. Now I think you're a liar. And now I fucking don't want to fucking hear what you have to say anymore. And so, <laughs> what's that? It literally makes me sad. No, no single tip. I, I still want to keep uh, a, a respect for this person who has never hired me. But through this, I am hearing stories that are alarming. You know, or, or they have, it's have alarming. That's why I hate it. And that's why I'm standing up against it. Not because I want to, because Kyle, I've cried a lot about it. I fucking hurt a lot about it. I've stressed a lot about it. I don't like the way any of this situation feels. I was stressed as fuck this morning, driving into work, knowing that I'm going to come in here and have this conversation. <laughs> Like, dude, my phone is now on silent until 1 p.m. every day because Matt fucking woke me up with text messages so many times that were just like gaslighting and manipulating and just like not cool. And it's like, dude, if you want to have a conversation, let's have a conversation. But if you're on a bender at 3 a.m., don't fucking. Is that what it was in most cases? Do you think there were times? I would imagine. I would imagine. But based on based on the fucking things I see that he puts out on his own, it looks like he gets these bender times or these manic moments late at night, early in the morning. And like, like I said, my phone is on 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 do not disturb from 10 p.m. to fucking 1 p.m. now because I am afraid of having people get into my fucking phone and stress me out with their fucking urgent bullshit. Uh. And Matt is a huge part of actually the, the the only reason why I felt it so necessary to do this now. Well, when you say gaslighting, that's even why I, I take because I again knowing Matt, he talks weird. <laughs> if he were to text, I guarantee it would like I already talk weird enough. I'm Canadian. I text even worse. And it will take me forever to compose a text and it will half the time not mean what I say. And then sometimes predictive text just tells me I wanted to say something different right before I hit send and changes the words for me. Anyways, I'm just want, like the, <laughs> I mean, these things no, I also I, dig, I want to I, attribute like the possibility. I dig of, devil's advocate. I dig devil's yeah. advocate. But here's the thing, man. You're weird, Kyle. I know that. <laughs> you know how I know that? Because I'm weird. And weird fucking recognize. Weird rock. Yeah. Right? And, and, and I'm actually, 
I've been staring at a picture that you gave me of two snails humping where you spelled chapel wrong fucking uh, on, on your signature that you gave me. I know how we're weird. Yeah. People, right. Cause we're what was people. the shop used to be named chapel of love. Yes. Yes. But you spelled chapel wrong. <laughs> two P's or what? I did it. Dave Chappelle. C H A P L E. Okay. <laughs> and, and you always have this way of making jokes that fucking hurt my feelings because i was like dude i didn't want to close that shop but thanks for reminding me i closed that shop like <laughs> it's a beautiful name i love it chapel of love and so well, i hurt your feelings by reminding you that you had a that i have failures that you've grown from see oh look dude we just said it at the same time you said a success and i said a failure and it was the way well was a success is when you grow from it no, you're absolutely right. And that's and that's what I teach, right? That's what I teach with this rad movement stuff and the magical motherfucker method, like learning from your fucking mistakes, being Yeah, human. well, how much is it gonna cost me there, you student of the snake oil? <laughs> you charging for your support group, yeah. Oh, nothing yet, but you gotta buy a couple of t-shirts a month. Well, so so let's talk about Tricky. that, man. Let's talk about that. I I when we had the baby, I decided to transition to only being a coach. And I ran one course and I made a substantial amount of money from it. Um, oh, this is something completely new to me. So I'm sorry if I was trying to make up fucking jokes. So if any of this stuff no. wrong, true and fucking backpedal, no, no, no. backpedal. No. Okay. I'm actually <laughs> glad you brought it up because like that was also part of my journey. Like when I asked him to help like coach me and being a coach, he was less interested in helping with that. And like he was very cryptic with the information he would hand over. And like I, I, I always felt this like, this like weird, like, I don't want to support you feeling, but he would always tell me, I support you, brother. But you know, when you, when you, when your gut's telling you, somebody doesn't feel like they support Well, it's you. almost like you were competition for his, his motivational exactly. speaking to you. mean, when, when, and to me, I was trying not to fucking focus it about money at all and only about feelings and like, let's harness how to be our best selves. So I called it the, the rad Academy powered by the magical motherfucker method. But like, the Rat Academy? Come on. Yeah, yeah. It's the, Rat Academy. the magical motherfucker method. So it was a very long okay. <laughs> Well, I, I, can we shorten it to the Radicad? For the Radicad. There you go. And I, I, I did one class with it. I got a lot of great feedback and people said it was really helpful. And they still um, are using things to this day that that I helped them uh, with from, from just breathing dur during mm -hmm. and stressful situations to, you know, uh, laying out your your plans for your goals and creating a toolkit for who you are and how you operate and how to fix the things that go wrong in your life before they become a problem. Um, checking yourself before you wreck yourself. Like so, my program was just all about like how to harness the best version of you and how to like create. Oh, I thought you were gonna say all '80s rap songs. But right <laughs> on, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Right. No, and that's the thing. Like, I do use a lot of like, I'll, I'll use a lot of Jay Z references. One of my favorite ones is like, Jay Z says, "Don't argue with fools because people can't from a distance can't tell who is who." The the amount of times that that's come into my head when I'm about to argue with a fool, and I'm like, "Damn, man, it's not even about what they think." But I don't need to fucking argue with a fool like shit because they can't yeah. tell who is who. Now I look like a fool. I don't need it's wasting my time that I get to move on. So I I've, I'm very pragmatic with my coaching, my teaching, and I've stopped with that coaching right now because I was in a really weird way feeling imposter syndrome like, well if this is Matt, well then I guess I'm the same thing if I'm a coach. And right but now the I'm difference fidgeting, relies I'm fidgeting as I talk 100% this. on this to be your pay schedule. What do you I'm mean? Wrong? To, to me, the biggest problem that I hear with uh, the the 
TBM has been the pay schedule. And I don't mean, I mean, when I really want to identify and remove all the emotion, right. And I'm not saying that then I'm going to say it's the pay schedule, the imagination that this was worth this. And then many people are coming to the buyer's remorse section and having no complaint department to file it with, or just being made examples of like this person obviously didn't get it because they quit paying. If you get it, you keep paying. There's, there's a certain amount of that that is, is going to be in my opinion, like built in to being the person up front. If you look at the church leader, that dude has to believe in faith. Because every time he preaches about it, he gets more money in the collection plate. Right. And what don't build faith but results? If he can pay his fucking rent and all he did was give a fucking sermon that week, then God damn it, fucking God must have ordained all of this shit. Now everybody else, I don't know how it works <laughs> out for you now that you're not a pastor. Right. But right. I'm sure that these principles must apply for you somehow too because look how good they're working for me. Fill up my plate with your 10%, God damn it. And, oh, well, no God damn it, but... <laughs> but it go and it, and it goes back to like oh yeah my life coach taught me how to make so much money now you owe me twenty five hundred dollars a month and to yeah back, yeah to the so the pay that- schedule is what I mean to say too if if you if if parts of the TBM were adjusted to address a more fluctuating pay schedule you wouldn't one of your complaints would have gone away with the lack of vetting. Like some people would be vetted at a different level then because the one thing that it lacked in vetting is you only have a yes or a no. And when I need to make a certain amount of X dollars at the end of the year, that gets really weak. I throw the fucking no right away, right? So the administrations is fucking too easy. But if I have a course for them that's like, listen here, you fucking bottom of the barrel motherfucker. We hope we can get you up there to charging this, but you're this. You start here. That's based off of there yeah, but if that. there were that, I take away one of your complaints. Right? I would totally, absolutely. And and then one other and part. Remember, that, money that, is money isn't one of my complaints. I spent yeah. all this money on coaching willingly, so I'm not mm-hmm. mad at him for charging me money. That was an agreement I went in on from the start. No, but I, however, I, I feel the value would be higher in your regard. Absolutely, if the pay schedule was lower. Like if no, this was but, actually free information that was given out on YouTube then it's possible this guy's fucking going to have enough hits on his comments section that he's making money off that. If I'm not, you know, I I don't know how that world works, you know, Um, but I understand there's money to be made somewhere. Like when I, when I, when I dove into the coaching world and remember the two Mm -hmm. coaching programs that I paid for were Matt's coaches. So I was like, if he's getting coached by these people and he's so successful, I'll get coached by them and I'll be just as successful. Were they tattoo artists as well? No, uh, okay. this was to be coached in the coaching field. So right. like, okay. and so he, and he's telling me you can walk away from your shop and be a good owner and you don't have to fucking be there every day, all day. You don't have to take care of them, which isn't right, man. You have to nurture your studio. I don't know a way how to step away from my studio yet without it being yeah. prosperous. It's always more prosperous when I'm here. So like me and Donna actually specifically, so like he was teaching me things that didn't really apply to my business model. So like when you try to see them in practice, they would fail. Right. If and you're going to step away from your business, you have to have somebody that's well prepared to step into that role. And that like was a good team manager, Captain America kind of motherfucker we, that has no real power, but can put shit amazing, together. Right. 
we have an amazing shop manager, but the problem was she was learning how to be that role because she was just thrown into it. Right. So like, you because know, now you were like, Oh, well, we're going to step off because we understand we can. Hey, right. And, 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 and we were having the baby and we were all fucked up from that. So Matt's like, you don't need to be there all the time. Don't worry. Your shop will still run smoothly and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. And so, you know, here we are. Uh, granted, my my bad for taking that, you know, coaching. And do you think you at any point did at any point he also give you some some temper that like uh, did he say like it might be a little bit rough time? Everybody goes through stress during a childbirth. Anything like that? No. One of the temper. First things that he taught at the first TBM course was some people say different levels, different devils. I'm saying there ain't no devils. The level there ain't no ceilings. You just break through. It ain't it ain't it ain't it got to be tough. And it's like. Just just selling like this impossible fucking thing, man. And you know what? Look, if your life journey looks like fucking everything gets handed to you step by step, that's great. That's not me. That's not what I've ever been able to live. And, you know, I'm proof positive with this fucking missing leg. You know, I stepped in fucking shit, came out smelling like roses because it taught me so much. I got a settlement that fucking helps me in life. And fucking, you know, like, it's just really like annoying that i have one leg <laughs> you know so like it, it, i i dude i pay for things in life like well at this point let, let we can also look at the benefits right because that's part of your your job i bet you're that's fucking coach. Who I am. yes so one benefit to losing a leg number one is parking Okay. Oh, dude, you ain't even lying. Yes. And I took advantage okay. of it, bitch. I go in the gym, <laughs> and I'll fucking leg press a thousand pounds, and I'll still park an handicap. I like fuck yeah. And, and now, you know what? At the same time, you also live down there near Orlando. Yeah. Disney World. Yeah. yeah. So you get you also go to the front of the line when you jump in the fucking roller coaster. Right? Uh they they kind of killed that every so often now. It's not a, it's not as really? big anymore. Yeah, it's not as big a thing anymore. But I also don't sit in a wheelchair all the time. Because I don't need it. I can walk. Yeah, but wait a second. If I'm going to Disneyland, dude, if, you, if you're a handicap that can a wheelchair. walk, if you're a handicap yeah. that can walk, you're not as handicapped as other handicaps. So you don't get viewed as handicapped enough. That's <laughs> why when I go, like half the time I used to think I wanted to go there with a fake cast. Bro, you don't even need it. Well, you, back in the day, you didn't need it. You just needed to rent a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. Just like all right, and drool on yourself a little bit. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> no, Kyle's we, special day. They're letting to, him out of the house. <laughs> we used to throw grandma on a wheelchair and then she'd fucking sit on the other end of the line after she got us to the front of it. But no, they changed all that yeah. now because because they charge for fucking like fast passes and stuff. Yeah. Like so now they, they monetize on the, the moving people. See, to people the like me were getting so greedy to fucking put yep. a thing on there like we can sell this. Bitch. It happens. It's real. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm not part of that. All right. I have <laughs> a problem. I am. A, I, dude, I will openly say that I have been the problem in so many things in life. But okay. in this situation where we're talking about specifically now, I know like I viewed it. How can I be? How am I the problem? How am I the problem? Okay. I'm the problem because I gave too much trust here and I got oh. it back right I thought we were still talking about being in line because I, I still trying to look at the number one. So one, you get good parking. It's a little bit easy. It is a little bit easier with the parking at the, at the parks, but also you lost like an immediate oh, 30, 40 pounds, right? No, it's only like 10, 15, but you know, you'd be surprised. Oh, damn. In a day. In a day. Okay. Dude. 
in a day. Yeah, it's like, dude, I fucking drop weight like that. What you don't even know. I, you know, I, I gotta go into cutting phase. But um, at any rate, uh, there are other benefits though. If if you are a life coach, this is probably the biggest benefit. It taught me how to, to walk it. and talk. It I gives to you something to stand on too, dude. If I'm buying a life yes. coach and I got a choice between this A and he's just wearing a fucking suit, two legs and two able hands. And the guy that's got a fucking life story right there. Yeah. Well, I'm going to pay for fucking for Captain Ahab. <laughs> Am I wrong? You got Moby Dick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah this yeah. guy's lived a life. Do I want to <laughs> have Mr. Right. Fucking cut and tie, uh, cut, Tuck shirt tucker over here is just like well really the mormon life was good and when i did my sabbatical or whatever i fucking learned right. to fuck you and that, and that was the thing i'm over here I'm, I'm over here getting coaching from people that just aren't they aren't they aren't the right fit and so i had to learn that the hard way um i'm gonna give a little bit of blame to matt for introducing me to coaches that i didn't really feel like were giving me the value that they were charging me for um but whatever uh that was my choice yeah. to pay that fucking tax uh, and I had a good crypto score for a while. Um, What's and, crypto? Uh, I mean, like you had a portfolio or something? Uh, actually, a guy in Matt's camp uh, who is no longer with us um, helped me gain a, a substantial amount. But then I was told that that was like a Ponzi scheme and that wasn't fucking right. And uh, that could have played a part in that person's unraveling and losing the battle with addiction. So I have wait, a wait, wait. So you did have money. You didn't have money. You you I, had imaginary had money. money. They said it was money. And then it turned out to money, be. I had money in crypto that this dude was helping me manage. And um, hmm. it was told to me behind the scenes from other people. Hey, be careful. That sounds like a Ponzi scheme or it sounds like a <laughs> scheme. My one friend that warned me about Clemmer in the first place goes, I asked my accountant and he said, it's definitely a fucking a scheme and a scam. And then it kind of has been coming to light that it was kind of a schemey scam. Uh, so I'm pretty, pretty butthurt that like, you know, I well, do you have to... money from it. What's that? You have money from it. Like uh, it, it, it spiked and then it went down. Um, That money okay. did help me. I was, that... I was, I was pulling money out um, regularly during the not working during pregnancy and early childbirth. And um, I was pulling money out of that crypto just to live on. And I was getting scolded by uh, people in Matt's camp for taking the money out because I was hurting everybody's values. And I was, <laughs> I was just told that like this we're is an investment. You fucker. Like you I, I was just told, hold, hold, we're gonna go strong. Right, and I was told that this was an investment that I could do whatever I wanted with by one person, yeah. and other people were telling me I couldn't. And it's like, whoa, 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 this is my money. Nobody tells me what to do with my money. Well, you can, so, but you can't be like, you know, like, do, but don't really. Like, it's yours. Yeah, sure, right. you can. Obviously, <laughs> so you like, did. But so you're fucking everybody up. You being know, involved, it's not strong. So, like, and this, and this is hard stuff to share, Kyle. This is stuff I don't really want to air because I don't really want to fucking speak on the person that's no longer here with us. Um, and I don't want to fucking turn this into this whole big thing, but there's a lot of layers to this whole thing that I'm just not going to share in public because it's just dark, weird, scary shit that I've had to work through, but I'm not okay with what else could go on from this point moving forward, which is why I had to speak out. I'm not, you, 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 you mean it could get worse than it is now? You mean. Yes, absolutely. And it's not my place to make it worse. Um, but 
But you it, thought that that's where it was headed. You mean then too? It was my. Or else you're, you're talking weird, right? It's my place to share my experience, and it's not my place to share more than my experience. Um, Do you feel that the the Evergreen incident then really was kind of the biggest catalyst to either people speaking out as as what incident? We're disappointed. The the Evergreen, the incident um, in Evergreen. Was, that was one of those things when I started to see truths coming out about the lies that he was telling. I was like, okay, I'm not cool with that. And when I like heard it all from his mouth, it felt weird. It felt off. You know, when, when she's, when she's cheating on you and she's lying and you feel like she's lying, but she's telling you she's not lying. So you got to believe it. That's the feeling I got. Um, when I saw him talking about the, the roofing thing. And then I started to see cold, hard facts against that, that proof. And I was like, you know what? That's when I really lost it. Um, when, when, when the crypto guy lost his battle with addiction, I really, I, that didn't sit well with me. A lot of the information that I was given, um, and like not all Just of it here today, because I have text messages and things that people have shown me. What's that? You're cutting out. I'm sorry. You're still cutting out, and I lost you. It looks like I'm there. Cool. All right. Is that still working on your end, Candy? Sorry about that, brother. No, that's uh, okay. Yeah, help me not... understand the motivation because women have vaginas. Women have vaginas, and so they okay. can, like, like they. I've what woman ever? I don't. Maybe I'm misunderstanding it, and maybe like there's different. But I've never. I I know a girl that's a lesbian. She's been a lesbian. My, uh, I guess I shouldn't say. But the fucking, she she had no problem getting someone to hook up with her to have a child. Yeah, like, absolutely. No, like, and she probably if has you've no got a vagina, you can find a way. So who needs to roofie if you have and, a vagina? People, I just don't understand. And, and the people that I, that were accused aren't hideous beings. They're attractive people. So it's like, you know, it's it just doesn't fit, man. You know, you if you want to fucking see your chick's value to other dudes, just have her make a Tinder account and see how many creeps show up. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> So like I, I'm playing to your fact with the vagina thing. These chicks didn't need the, these people didn't need to fucking like roofie him, uh, and like they left the bar as soon as they fucking bought him that drink. It was a like we're on the way out. Thanks for doing the good that looks like you're doing in the tattoo world. And then he turned it around into these people roofied me. So it really sucks that like they bought you a thank you drink, and then you turn yeah. and gnash your teeth at them. You never you ever roofied anybody. No man, that fucking okay, gross. I've roofied myself. I've <laughs> never roofied anybody either, but I've asked, I've been roofied of sorts where someone was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, that's got something in it," you know. Oh uh, no! I, like, I, what? I, oh, I now I'm smoking crack. Great. I, and that's the thing. I don't feel like I've ever been put in a position where um I was given something uh against my knowledge or consent. But I'm really weird about that. Like, I guess because I smoke loud. You know what I'm saying? So like. When, when you smoke with me, I gotta be like, hey, do you smoke a lot of weed or like, do you smoke dabs usually? Because I don't want you to die today, you know. Like, I've seen you smoking that much with Khalifa style clouds. Well, yeah, like I, I I've, I've smoked a lot of dabs for a long time, so I smoke pretty heavy. So like, you know, 
Uh, and since I've been playing with tolerance breaks more recently, I don't smoke as heavy, but like I still smoke heavier than most people. So like if you're going to smoke with me, I'm going to be like, yo, this is some really potent shit, man. You know, make Careful. sure you handle this um, or I'll just keep it to myself. I, I, I don't believe in, in, in giving anyone hallucinogens against their will. I don't believe in I don't believe in giving drugs against. Really? Someone. I think that's really fucked up. Not even hallucinogens. Man. <laughs> The one of the last hallucinogen experiences I had after I lost my leg, I was on a fucking rooftop. There was a rooftop pool. It was gorgeous. And I was bawling, uh, ugly crying like my fucking dad died because, right. because of my leg. And like, dude, if you're going to give me hallucinogens and I'm just going to end up bawling my face off because of fucking unresolved trauma, fuck you. You're a piece I, of shit. I need to be what, what, for that. Was this mushrooms or was this um? So I LSD? had... I took the leftovers. I took a couple little bits of mushrooms and a couple little bits of LSD. Um, so like taking full responsibility for just like grabbing the fucking hallucinogens that were there. Cause before hey, I kids, lost my- let's just feel less, just stay off the LSD. Yeah. Before, before I lost my leg, I could take a fucking hit of acid and go get my, my, my toes done at the fucking pedicure place and chill. So like, like the person I am. After- well, you never know with LSD though, too. Cause there's like, Potent that's LSD, true, potent, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And then there's that <laughs> shit that's cut with fucking arsenic or whatever. Right. But you yeah, know? so like, I don't believe in I don't believe in drugging people um, because I'm I don't I don't want to, dude. I, I want to get fucked up on purpose, and it's really not hard to talk me into it. So like, you know, like unless I have like a reason, like I'm swearing off alcohol because my gout's acting up, or I'm swearing off alcohol because I drink too much. Or like, you know, I don't want to smoke right now because I really don't like what smoking does to my throat. You know, like, it's pretty easy to get me to fucking catch a buzz with you, man. I like to party. Yeah. So, <laughs> but like, yeah, I as, follow. as a coach and as a motivator, I like to be open about that. I like to be upfront about that. So that way, if you do see me at the stripper club and I had had 15 fucking Long Islands and I am dancing around with my fucking fake leg in the air, handing it to girls on stage. <laughs> like when you this see me happened, like huh? that, you yeah. know, I, I train for these moments to allow my, I train my brain all the time. I'm always trying to be my best self. I meditate. Oh, I thought you met with, with hallucinogenics or something. I've <laughs> been training for this. Okay. It's cool. Don't worry. I know it looks bad. But I got one with, leg. I'm hopping around here with a bunch of titties in my face. But even with hallucinogenics, like those things, I always learn from hallucinogenic journeys. You know what I'm saying? One of my favorite hallucinogenic journeys that started so bad and it was such a weird time, but like, I the the reason why it was favorite because this one moment I realized nothing in this world matters and like it hit me on such a deep plane that like I felt that nothing really matters and then I heard this other voice that says except for what you make matter then I was like whoa and that just kind of puts you in control of what matters in your life and so hallucinogens have taught me some really cool shit in my life um, but like I do the hallucinogens as a part of like figuring myself out as well as fun. Um, like, <laughs> okay. you know, I'm not going to lie. I take losers for fun sometimes. Um, but I, 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 as I, I journal, I read, I exercise, I fucking check myself. Like I'm constantly trying to be the best person that I can be, but I also like to fuck around and find out like, how the fuck do you think I lost my leg, dude? You know what I'm saying? Fucking like, around finding out, huh? You know, like I, I, I pushed my limits harder than I believed they could go because I didn't believe I had limits at that point in my life, and I needed that lesson as much as it sucked, and as much as I don't 
I don't think highly of Steve because of the way that he handled that incident. And I still think highly of Troy for the way that he's continued to act after that incident. And Troy wasn't the reason for the incident. And Steve was that's character, bro. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I want Matt to show. So like, I dude, I, I, I don't hate Steve for doing it. I hate Steve for covering it up. I hate Steve for trying to fucking cheat me and lie to me about signing fucking paperwork and saying well if you sign a, pr- a post-dated release form then you can't then then you can sue me and it's like no troy's telling me how to sue you and you're trying to keep me from suing you and i'm crying because i don't want to sue my friend you're a piece of shit <laughs> me like that. if you so sign like, a post-dated release form that will yeah. give you the ability to sue. oh Right, dude. Okay. So, <laughs> right, yeah, right. That's a good one. So, oh, so that I think so I might that, have just lost a friend, dude. So that, and then on top of that, fucking not coming out publicly about it and saying, "Hey, man, I made a mistake. I used X, Y, Z." He hid the rope. He hid the rope. Nobody knows where the fucking rope is. And if we would have fucking taken it to trial, I don't know if we would have ever found the rope because it right, yeah. for the listeners, the rope broke and that's how my leg broke off. So like, so, so now we're going back to people that have wronged me publicly and not come forward. It hits a trauma for me. Matt hasn't come forward and said, I'm sorry for wronging people publicly the same way that right. Steve did. So it hit, it strikes a nerve for me. If this that comes out, do you, you will, uh, you would accept it or you would if have to take it out, at that moment and see how it was given. Look, if it because he says out, things in ways that sometimes you're like, ah, God, I can barely understand exactly. it. Exactly. Right? So if it doesn't feel right, I'm trusting my gut. But I'm not on a mission to ruin Matt's life. I'm not on a mission to take down TBM. I'm on a mission to tell my fucking truth. And that's it. If you take something from it, cool. Look at the rad movement and tell me it isn't me telling my fucking truth. I talk yeah. about everything from getting a new leg because that's stressful and scary. And as soon as I just said that, like I felt tears almost try to come up. <laughs> like getting a new leg is hard, man. Right. So like, yeah, I why do you, you slated for another one right now? You're pretty happy with the blade, ain't you? Bro. I fucking hate my leg right now. And I haven't had the, a right fitting leg for over a year since before Zen was born. So it's rolling up on two years, but like I started to feel like I was getting treated like my issues were my fault and less important, therefore couldn't be fixed. Yeah. So they're telling me we want you to be on a perfect leg, but then they weren't actually like giving me a perfect leg. Uh, so I just kind of got tired of going and I dealt with it and I know I need to go back. But so like all these different things in my life that I face trauma with, right? Mm. I feel like Matt is touch- touching on a lot of these different things by not addressing it and i know it's i know it's wounds that i need to heal deep traumatic wounds from my childhood from my earlier life that i need to identify fucking take note of and then just allow them to heal right so thanks matt for giving me an awareness by fucking causing me pain but like i don't sometimes that's how we do it and then sometimes that is how we and so right right and that and that's what it is you know that's what it is and i'll take that lump i'll take my lumps man you know tough love And if that's what it is, that's what we got to be sometimes. But like, damn, dude, I didn't pay you for a tough love course. I paid you for a tattoo business mastery course that I thought was going to help me heal some wounds around money and really just gave me more wounds around money and male mentorship. But it gave me the opportunity to heal. And that's the thing. Like, I like that you keep bringing it back to the positive side because I don't want this to be a bash session, like I said. And there isn't just bad here. Every 
when when I first started people did learn off. and even dividing your day into two sessions I mean there's some guys that can really bang out some tattoos in a day and that might harbor hold them back but they're not trying to achieve a better quality tattoo if they're doing more so if you can get it down to two sessions a day I think in a lot of cases you're going to be better off that well, simple think, lesson right there. Well, let's talk, let's talk about it. I'm 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 going right now between being twenty five hundred dollars a day and fifteen hundred dollars a day. Because when I advertise fifteen hundred dollar a day specials, I have no problem booking up. But then I get yeah. a lot more picky and annoying clients that want me to finish a sleeve in a fifteen hundred dollar session. And it's like, no, we're gonna need like six or seven of these 10 in certain cases to make you a fucking amazing sleeve that's up to my exactly finished artwork standards we can get yeah. you half halfway there you're probably going to be happy with and you don't even need the rest of the sessions but, but then i never get a picture but well i take pictures and video of everything every step yeah of the but way. you don't get your finished picture you but, know, but i'll never finished get a finished picture. because you know as an artist it's not finished until you sign it and it takes a lot of going back in before you sign it. So like, if I want to fucking fill my books with people, it, it's it's very hard to get your books filled because all in the business world, they say, raise your rates if you want to get better clients. So I raised my yeah. rates. We didn't even talk about like the, the crazy rate. I went up to 10K a day with Matt's coaching. Well, how does that? Uh, and I never booked a client at all. That, that should be scrutinized. The, the right? only... The only fucking the only benefit that brought me was being able to get my guys in the shop to charge two thousand or so per day because then when they see Robbie's ten k a day and they're like, well, what about that guy? He's two k a day. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was basically pricing myself out of the market to sell other people, which didn't feel right because I want to do tattoos and like right. like and talk about like the type of person I am with all of this that I've learned. I am a healing type of person. I like being a healer. I have been given gifts to help people heal. And my art and my tattoo experiences are part of something that helps people heal. But if you fucking upcharge it so high, then you can't let regular people heal with you. And I don't right. want to heal rich people. So I'm in a weird <laughs> dilemma where I want to fucking like lower my rates but like this fucking tbm shit in my head is still there and it's telling me like you you got to charge 2500 a day because then you're only fucking working two days a week and then you're making five grand a week but then i'm not hardly working i work like you know four tattoos a month and then i do trade and like family and friends and stuff that's not good for me like do you put a couple of days worth of work into the two days that you have though so like Frank Lenatra will sometimes take, you know, four to five days to design a piece. That no, I don't gonna, put, like, I, I think don't it only does one a week. Work. I don't put any design okay. work in tattoos and I do large sessions. Yeah, I think, I think there needs to be, uh, a, again, the biggest flaw I keep seeing is the lack of a structure and at least the pay scale. Well, like so, if if that so were explained, like, wait a second, well, maybe you can get $2,500 a day for a tattoo throughout the day that you just put down on the fly. Um, but maybe if, if you're charging, maybe you put these this much design time into it to justify that further, well, so, you know, well, time off. The way I look at it. And like, dude, like I said, I feel like what I look at in, in the tattoo market and other artists that are charging $2,500 a day, I am keeping up with quality, consistency, and size. So they're getting 
large scale work at a high quality rate. And it's looking amazing to the point where they don't want to come back and get it finished because it looks amazing to them, even unfinished. And I'm not yeah, blowing my stick over here. I'm not blowing my <laughs> stick over here. I feel like a lot of tattoo artists know what I'm talking about in this oh, yeah. in the struggle, right? I know yeah. that. Or you get somebody, you do a tattoo so good, they get laid and then they end up with kids and then they can't afford it. Right. <laughs> but like, but like the 2,500 rate that I'm at right now, I feel like is very justifiable for what I do. And for most of my clients, because we do such large scale stuff, I put numbing on them. We wrap them in the numbing. And in that hour or so that we're numbing, I create the art right there with them on the iPad. So you now cheat. instead of, Cheat with some I, numbing. I got, yeah. Oh, you fuck yeah. I cheat with numbing. I get tattooed with numbing all the time, player. <laughs> I I got no qualms. You must clutch the bitch. pearls. Bro, I don't even be mad. Fuck you, gatekeeper. Fuck you, boo. <laughs> <laughs> you don't earn it. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck oh, well, I don't have the back of my neck tattooed nor my head. So I'm. Dude. I'm just perfectly fraud. We'll see what happens when that happens. So, you know, like, man, so I, I did is, use the back teen on parts of my throat. At the end, I right. was like, back teen, back teen. But that, more white, that's more back teen. That, that's part of how I give my value in my tattoo sessions. You're going to sit with me for at least an hour and design a tattoo with me right there in front of you. I can ask you every question of every detail that needs to be asked. And I'm very proficient from years of being a street walking artist. I'm very proficient at pulling your idea out very fast. So now I pull your idea out. We work on it right in front of you. We decide on colors and shape and size and everything, all the elements that are important to you. And I give you the tattoo that you need. And then we tattoo. But I don't shut my day off at 8 p.m. when the shop closes. If you need to sit till midnight to get this done and I got gas in my tank and you got gas in my tank and your tank, then I'm tattooing yeah. you tonight. So like, I know the value I give in my tattoo experience. I just know that put it, in. it sounds like you're leaving a piece of your soul on them. A hundred percent. And I know what they should pay for that, but I'm having a hard time filling my books based on what I know I'm worth and what they should pay me, which is really what TBM is all about. Just knowing uh, your work and what worth and what they should pay you. Now down as well, then you find that you end up getting clients that control or attempt to control the process until they f screw it right up. Right. And, or, or they fucking use their, their like their money anxieties. to like, well, when is this going to be finished? How many sessions? And like that, yeah. like triggers some like, you know, ink master trauma in me. I'm like, fuck you with your fake time calls. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. This only gets better when you turn the pressure on. Thank you. Right. Like, dude, there is enough pressure on me to create a beautiful piece of artwork. That's going to last forever in this one session. I don't need you adding pressure to yeah. it. So like, you know what you know, I found, I did a trick back in the day. It was called the thumbnail trick. Ooh, and I thought it was going to work that one. Where, where you just sent them a thumbnail sketch. Right. Yep. And then they, they have to use their imagination is the thought. My thumbnails are so bad. <laughs> but what happens when I would do this is then they would just Google search the fucking thing that they wanted and they would send back some other beautiful rendition of some impossible thing and then they'd want to make changes to that. So then they'd be like, well, I found this on the line. It's pretty much what I was thinking, but then we need to change everything and the direction and the thing and, and your, my wife's face on the, on the angel. And you're, you're like, oh, fuck. You, you know what I mean? Like, 
I and do. now I've just inspired them to look for our like they just the whole idea was to get them to imagine with you and just get some kind of like a, a talking point where you give them the grossest looking thumbnail sketch ever that says something this is the dirty version of what I'm thinking and yep. then they instead go oh fuck he's a terrible artist okay look I found this right dude and and so like I used to do a lot of freehand um you do a lot of freehand I've seen in the past too uh and I only do freehand when I need to now, but like I've really enjoyed the process of deconstructing an image that I find on the internet and then reconstructing it in the way that I would make it and making it this client's unique piece of art based oh, on- I hate doing that. Found out in the wild. It, it huh? always looks worse when I get done. Oh, dude, I love it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I would rather I just interpret what they do and it's then- you know, with the beautiful bag, like it can never look as good because one, we're going to put it on a tattoo. There's certain, you know, yeah, I, I disagree. You're, you're dealing so with that strongly because no, I know they can control the background depending on what they give you. Some AI generated fucking hazy background kind of thing. And you're like, well, those colors are, are all flesh tone or something, you know, like none of that shows up in five years. So this helps me. This helps me in a way where I'm like, okay, this is what you like. I'm going to tattoo it this way. Are you cool with that? And they say, yeah. And then they get the tattoo that is done the way that I would do it. And I'm not saying I steal tattoos off other people. I go find a statue reference or, you know, this illustrative piece of artwork or this geometrical shape and, you know, or, or you know, a mandala stamp. Uh, and I just kind of create things the way that my brain sees them. And that way, I have the artist, I mean, the client says, hey, this is what I like. And I'm like, cool, I can make that my way. This is what my art looks like. Do you like that? And they're like, cool. And then we go ahead yeah. and we make it happen. So it's really, it's helped me out a lot, man. And it saved a lot of time for me, like endlessly drawing to try and create something for somebody. And instead of turning it into, I'm making art that's specifically for them, but I don't have to go through the brain you know, racking process of creating this strictly with my hands. That's just ego talking because this art's going to yeah. look different by the time I'm done. And I take five different references and mash up pieces together and then fucking draw <laughs> this way. Like it's not even the same thing anymore. Uh, there's a book. Okay. Called, Let's uh, get off topic now. Oh, wait, wait, you got books. Tell me about there's it. There's a book called steal like an artist that I feel like every artist <laughs> needs to read um, because it's about stealing pieces and concepts and, uh feelings from different artists you mean it's appropriating and then, and then turning it into your own idea so um my my um my consultation just showed up i just got the text message for it so we have i'll just give you a couple more minutes <laughs> right on well let me run some quick stuff through you then real quick just just topical completely off topic aliens okay that's it. That's the question. Wait, what? Oh, anything else off topic? No, no, I was just going with this one topic, but it's off topic. But yeah, I was just saying aliens. Oh, aliens. Question. Oh, so aliens. Yeah. So um, I actually like them. I think they're real. Uh, I think they're probably uh, a big part of what's out there in the cosmos. Um, I think we're very fucking very, 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 very small minded to believe that there's uh, only one place with organic life or life living anywhere in the vastness of our solar system or our solar system's fake. Um, and that's not real. Uh, I read this other All right. book called, you're are not they trying to steal our sun? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. 
Um, <laughs> I think I think they're fucking just trying to do what they're trying to do, and we're trying to make up weird narratives. Um, but I read this other. You, have you heard called, this? Okay. Huh? I was wondering if you had heard this. That, no, I had. The people are the aliens are trying to steal our son. Guy told me the Dysafiri. He said, "Hey, now that I tell you this, they're going to know that you know." <laughs> hey, Whatever maybe. That and, that's and he told that you, me. Now that you told me this, they're going to know that I know, and I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, I guess I should probably also preface. Yeah, now now that you know, they know. You've just done this know. to everyone. Good job, Kyle. You're a piece of shit. But, <laughs> dude, also, I want to say this. What the fuck with our son? What makes our small-ass son special? There's a lot of sons. They're bigger. Dude, that's they're what more I'm powerful. Saying. What, is it easier to transport? I don't get this dude, whole so, thing. So I, I read this book called You're Not Dying, You're Just Waking Up. And she brought this concept to me that felt so real and so like, wow, that's probably right. But also, holy shit, I just officially donned a tinfoil hat. Um, so, mm -hmm. <laughs> so she says that she believes that what is out there in the universe right now is, well, what Earth is, is an experiment from all of the different races of aliens and lizard people and all the things that live out in our universe, uh, okay. all, all come together in like a new world order type thing, right? And what they did is they took a piece, they, they made ancestors, they made an ancestral line from each single different race. So like they have the gray matter, uh, the gray matter aliens, um, but I think there's like green aliens and then there's like angels and there's- Oh, like she got them studied up. And she Bro. knows which ones is which. Huh? So, so, dude, this person, she she knows a lot of things about a lot of stuff I didn't realize, right? Or or even acknowledge. But so, dude, are you about to sign up for another TPM? No, player, just listen to me. <laughs> just listen to me. So, what she said is she. Like, I sent her a couple of checks, but no, she's not. She's legit. She not, listen, she believes. <laughs> she believes that <laughs> that. Um, we are descendants from every single one of these people. And this time on earth is a way to see if all of the uh, celestial beings and extraterrestrial beings can mm -hmm. live together in harmony as one. And so. So when we reach and achieve harmony, then they're going to be like, okay, I guess we can start the long process. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I, I, haven't, I haven't read super deep into it, but from what she made of the, the estimations on what these different characteristics of each um, extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial was like, I feel like my uh -huh. characteristics most fit the the ones of the gray matter aliens. Um, the gray. Uh -huh. What do they so, do? Like, so <laughs> I love it. I do. I fucking like, love this more mean? than the stealing my son, man. Dude, I I want, dude, I knew I was gonna sound crazy, so I'm so glad you're <laughs> because I don't ever really talk about this shit in public. Uh, because it's I great matter, alien. But I believe yeah. in this shit to a degree, man. Um, I, I, and uh -huh. that goes with me being agnostic. I don't know anything, so to say that there's a bunch of fucking uh -huh. extraterrestrials out there that fucking set us up as an experiment to see if we could live together is just as crazy as saying that Jesus was born of no sex to a woman that never got fucked, and then he died on a cross, and well, then he rose from the dead three days well, later. So, like, well, except that that happened. The Bible. Thank you. Sorry, Testament. I mean, 100%. it's a lot of different. It's written down. People saying some shit, and it 
I don't know if heaven and hell is real, and I don't know if I believe in Christ as our Lord, Savior, and one who came down from the cosmos. Who do you think cleaned up them bed, st- bed sheets from the Immaculate Conception? Do you think it was really clean? I'm done with you. <laughs> you know, I feel like, no, man, that's God. That's she got God dick, and that was a God nut job. Yeah, she God just got. dick. Well, well, she didn't <laughs> have to clean nothing up. It was God dick. So, like, all right, just, it was immaculate. Oh my God, the conception was immaculate. There was no mess. That's why I blame. Was there? Come on, dude. The Come on. That don't fit with the Big Bang Theory. There was no mess. All I like right, to try and line all these and line them all up. You know, I'm taking everybody's <laughs> stuff and putting it together. Big Bang Theory. You. That don't I, work. God don't a, do it. He does the Big Bang. I, I would a, definitely do the Big Bang. Was he coming there like, oh, I'm just going to kind of like mess around a little bit. You know how sad Joseph was trying to follow that, that up like poison following Metallica. I I have a client. Yes. All right. I got to let you go, brother. You've got shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> love you so much, man. Thanks for being a part of this. I love you so this. much, man. Um, um, and we'll, we'll talk really to you again soon. I really appreciate the stance you took on this, man. Um, And uh. It's not meant to be a fuck Matt session. It's just, this is my experience, man. So, all right. No, nah, man. Love, love you, brother. <laughs> love you too, brother. Love you, Candy. Take care. Take care, guys. Appreciate y'all. We'll see you all soon. Right, bye.